Welcome to I Am Divine, mastering your intuition with psychic mediums and spiritual psychology coaches and science of mind practitioners, Paula Hunter and Kim Garden. This is Paula Hunter. And this is Kim Garden. And welcome to another episode of I Am Divine, a spiritual podcast where you will discover your psychic potential within by learning skill sets that develop and master your spiritual gifts. We will teach you about universal truths that will empower you to manifest a life you truly desire. We are here to remind you who you are, the powerful badass that you are, the divine I am. Welcome everyone. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about spirit connections. And when I talk about spirit connections, both Kim and myself are going to kind of let you know how we personally connect in with spirit, with our guides, with any higher beings that want to come forward while we do a session for someone. And it's also an opportunity for you guys to see that we all have our own methodologies and it's great to get out and learn and practice and see different things and then hold it within your heart and say, does this feel right for me? Is this the right method for me? And if not, throw it away. And if it is, you know what, get out there, practice and learn. So I thought I'd start talking to you about how I first learned to connect. And then I'm going to tell you a little bit more about my methodology now. So when I first started connecting with spirit, I am a channel. And a channel is almost like you can think of it as a vessel between myself and spirit guide higher being. I am simply that that channel, that tube for the information to go through. And I actually worked under another medium for a time. I mentored with her for a while. But when I first started, I used to work with something that most people would consider to be non-traditional. I actually started using boards. And for all intents and purposes, we can call it a Ouija board, even though that has such a negative connotation. I preferred the term spirit boards. And I actually used to make my own board. So it was a little bit different than your traditional. But I wanted to bring that up simply because so many people look at that board as being negative and it is simply a tool as is any other. So I used to get on my board and I'd sit with a pad of paper beside me and I used to use it kind of like the traditional board with what they call the planchette with my hands on it and waiting for it to move around and it, and it did for a while but one of the things that I found is energy doesn't kind of just move in one direction and when I had my fingers on the planchette this thing wanted to go sideways and wanted to go in circles and wanted to go fast and I couldn't keep my hands on it and that was when I started to learn to channel in a different way so I used to have what I called it was made out of femo clay and it was just a circle with a hole in the middle so you could think of it like a donut and I'd put my finger inside of it and basically because I started to hear better my arm would just fly around the board mm. and and I think maybe I'll try and do a demonstration of that in the group at some point so you can actually see it that's actually how I first started doing my readings too was with my board and people would look at my board and go oh my goodness what is that they wouldn't even realize what I was doing because they were caught up in the imagery of my board. So that was one of the, the biggest tools I used to use. I would ask a question, I'd wait for a response, and then I'd write it in my little journal. And then I would keep doing that. And that helped me gain trust and confidence, especially when I had it written down. Because when I wrote down what I was getting, there was a couple things with that. The first one was validation. So if I got something that I wasn't sure about, I had a tool now that I could go back to and take a look at and go, yay me, I got it right. 
And the other aspect of it from what I've learned now, even more so than as well, was that spirit guides, higher beings don't always speak in complete sentences. They will use phrases or imagery. So I used that journal to write down what they gave me. So as an example, when I first started, I'd get this saying that they would give me just breathe. And I didn't know what that meant. And it took me a bit of time to understand just breathe was telling me that a person was in stress mode, stress and anxiety, because when we are in stress and anxiety, we don't breathe appropriately. So what I learned is that they started to give me all these little symbols. And if I didn't write it down, that became almost like my legend. If you think of a map, you always have the legend on the side that shows you the towns and the roads and the highways. It was the same thing. That way I wasn't getting in my head. I kind of had to figure it out. It's almost like a dream book. You can look at a dream book and if somebody has a positive sense of say a snake, it might have a positive connotation, but if they don't like snakes, it might be something negative. So it's really good to begin to document your own stuff so that you can understand what your own symbols are. So for me, that was huge, huge, huge when I started was the board in my journal. That was the two biggest things. For me, I then moved into bringing in Oracle cards. And I know a lot of people probably did it the other way around, Mm -hmm. but I found the the cards were something visual, something pretty, because I found my clients wanted to see something. Yes. It's like, well, if you don't have a tool or something in front of me, you know, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. They like, they like that visual. Exactly. And I never thought about that when I was first doing it, the board was helpful. Um, But that was the other reason why I brought the cards in. it helped to bring in further messages outside of the board. So for me, I'm I'm just going to go with how I started first. And then I'm going to let Kim talk about how she started. And then I'm going to come back and tell you what I do now. But those were some of the biggest tools, my cards, my boards, my journals. Mm -hmm. That was huge. So how about you, Kim? How did, how did you start keying into spirit? My mom used to look at crystal balls when, uh, when I was a kid. And so that, that would fascinate me. Right. And then she would have psychics come to the house. So I was very always open to all of this. And of course, you know, I had that Ouija board, that Ouija board was, that was just pure fun being able to connect with something that was so, so not of this world. And I, I never understood the negative that went along with it. It just did not make sense to me. It just felt, it felt wrong because I remember connecting and I don't think we ever really connected with somebody who we knew, but the messages that would come through were always light and playful. As I got older, I started to really connect with another spiritual neighbor of mine and we would do Ouija boards, but we would make it more of like a beautiful ceremony where we would light candles and we would say a beautiful prayer, you know, asking for, you know, to be protected in the white light and only connect with the highest of high vibrations, knowing that we wanted to do this for good and just receive messages messages and connect with those spirits in the other realm that uh, just wanted to communicate. And we did, we had so many beautiful instances come through. We had so many coincidences happen as well. That was just, it was just all really validating in so many different ways that it was just, it was a beautiful experience. So again, I don't understand with the negative. I think if it's used for the highest good, I think it's a fantastic tool. From that, after my mom passed, I went to see a medium 
and I started taking classes. And I remember I took a class on tarot cards and learned an Oracle cards and learned how to use that, but it didn't really feel really big. I, I wasn't a big fan of them. So I went into psychometry and I found psychometry was fascinating to me because being able to feel the energy from somebody else was just like mind blowing to me because I could have somebody hand me their keys or hand me a rock or hand me any a ring and I could feel the energy off of it. And I remember when I first started, it was, it was all emotions is all it was, was that first was, was like emotion. So it was like, I feel a sadness attached to this. I feel, feel a heaviness. Like it was just very, very basic information that would come through, but it was still, when I would say it to whoever I was holding the object, it would still be very validating. So the more that they would validate, yes, I'm feeling this. And, and even at the time, now that I think about it, even at the time, as I started to go with psychometry, I would start receiving messages, uh, Claire, Claire audience, which is something we're going to talk about another time, but I would start to hear the messages and I would be able to give more information. So when I first started, it was like, hold this rock, give me a little feeling and emotion. But then it was like, okay, if I was holding a wedding ring, I could start to feel more about the person who was holding the ring, but then I could start to feel the person who gave her the ring come forward as well. So it really started to expand. Psychometry was my jam for the longest time, but like you, people like to see things. So with friends and family, I had a little bag of rocks and a deck of cards that I would bring to practice, quote unquote, practice, (laughs) right with friends and family. And so I would pull a card. And again, the more I pulled the cards, the more I would start to hear messages. And I didn't really rely on the book. I remember, especially when I first started, I would take the card and I would hold it between my hands or I would place it against my heart, depending on whatever felt I, whatever I was guided to. And then I would be able to just get messages. And I don't think at that time I really understood how I was receiving the messages, but I would just get information and then taking more classes, learning more about this. I picked up a mentor and she was like, absolutely no modalities. We are like, we are mediumship. We don't rely on anything. We we rely on our connection with spirit. So we rely on the Claire's basically. And so I learned to really focus on the Claire's. Claire audience came really easily to me, which is the clear hearing. Um, I was able to see uh, visions in my mind and I was able to really feel things And that's what I started to really lean into. And the more I started to practice, you know, or some people call it play, some people call it connect, whatever you want to call it. The more I did it, the more I received that yes from people, the more I just began to trust. And then that's what became my modalities were really focusing on the Claire's. I was trained to connect with the souls. I was trained actually in evidential mediumship so that I brought through as much validation as I possibly could. And that's where my focus had to be was validate, validate, validate. That was the most important thing for my, for my learning. And so that's where I really leaned into all the Claire's and I had to learn that it was okay to receive a no as well, because, you know, the more you practice, you're waiting for that. Yes. But sometimes you would receive a no, like that doesn't make sense to me, or that's not true. And, you know, when I first started immediately, it was like, oh my God, I have to shut down. Like, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. But you learn 
that those no's are actually quite a learning opportunity to be able to say, give it to me in a different way. Give it to me in a way that my client's going to best receive it or whoever I'm reading for is going to best receive it. And it really actually builds that trust with spirit, with your guides or, you know, whoever you're communicating with, because you put out the question and you're really open to hearing the answer and, and giving it. So I, I, I think getting yeses and nos are, and even nos are actually a really good thing. Certainly agree. When you made the comment of, you know, I always used to say, help me to get the information the best way that the individual is going to receive it as well. Help me to put it forward in a manner that is gentle, but still providing the information. Um, You you brought up some good points too. And I didn't even think about this at first, but you started connecting with spirit right away. So more so people on the other side, when I was actually using my board, my intention was connecting with guides. So I was connecting with guides through my board and not spirit, because at that time I didn't want to work with spirit Mm-hmm. I wanted to work with guides because as a channel, I have to open myself up and to allow an energy to kind of step in or partially step in. Mm-hmm. And my way of thinking was, if you're not the lightest and the brightest, I don't think I want to open my body to you. Mm-hmm. And so my intention was always to work with guides. And that was all that I got through the board was guides at that time. So I wanted to bring that up because again, we have this idea that this is such a negative tool. And I think we definitely are going to have to do a podcast on this. We can connect with spirit, but we can also connect with higher beings, these beautiful things. It comes down to the energy behind the intention of what you are asking for. It's so funny you say that. I didn't even know what guides were when I was connecting on my board and stuff. Like even until I started getting into mediumship, I didn't know what guides were. I would hear people talk about them and I was like, what the heck is this? So it wasn't until, again, I got involved in the community and really started to learn and research and understand what guides are. And, and Frigman, like we're so blessed to have so many guides in our lives, you know, ones that come and go, ones that stick with us through lifetimes. Again, I think that's another great opportunity for us to have a podcast on that one as well. I I didn't know. And I think that this is why it's so important to be able to have these conversations is because especially when you're coming into this, you might hear people say something and not understand it, but also be really open to asking the questions and not be afraid to ask, I don't understand what that is, or how did you get there? Like really be open and vulnerable. Yeah. And I love that. And I think one of the things I love about me and you coming together is we are mediums as well, but we come from different backgrounds. We have different ways of doing it and it just enhances and brings things together. Mm -hmm. It's just so beautiful to see, like you said, like ask questions. I don't know what this means. What is that? Yeah. This is why we've created the community as a place where we can come together and ask the questions and not worry about, you probably heard this on different occasions too, Kim, I don't want to sound like I'm dumb, but (laughs) hear it all the time. There's no such thing as a dumb question. If you are inquisitive, if you want to ask a question, ask the question, Yes. you know, because that's the only way we learn. You know, we walk into a session or even just learning and go, yep, yep, yep. I got it. And then we walk out and go, I have no clue what they just said to me. Mm-hmm. We're not helping ourselves. We're not helping anybody else with that either. But I also think too, it goes back to, there's so many different ways to connect with spirit that by asking the question, you can feel what feels right for you and what doesn't. And again, it's just a learning process. So with that being said, you, you talked about how you started connecting with spirit and, and your channeling. What is your process now? Like what, what do you use m- most now? For me now, the biggest thing is 
all the years I had to practice with the boards and the cards and the journal and the writing and everything else, what I found was I came to a place that I no longer required a tool. So Mm -hmm. my tool now, I guess you can say, is meditation. Mm -hmm. Prior to a session, I meditate a good 15 minutes to half an hour. And in that, I've learned now that I'm also a clinical hypnotist, that what I was doing was self-hypnotizing myself into a deeper trance state. So it's like saying, you know what? ego, this mind, this worry, you know, I'm thinking about this and that I had to put that to the side and leave my stuff to the side. Mm -hmm. And I had to allow and invite these beautiful beings into me. So for me, what I do now is when I meditate, I have different things that I say in my head, and I have different beings that I work with as well. So what I say while I'm meditating is I ask that a portal be open between myself and let's say Luca. I ask that this portal be protected and that I establish the highest rapport between myself and Luca without interruption. And Luca is a Viking warrior. He's a protector for me. So it's, it's almost like picking up the phone and I'm directly connecting in with certain beings that I work with, with nobody else jumping in on the line, nothing negative, nothing else. It isn't or hasn't been invited is allowed to come through. So I connect in with different guides. I was, let's see, let's bring some of them up. Mother Mary, Mary Magdalene, Lord Sananda, otherwise known as Jesus Christ source. I also key into what I call different dimensional frequencies. So the brotherhood of light, the brotherhood of Melchizedek, mid causal guides, white light guides. I work with ETs. So as strange as that may sound. So I work, connect in with what we call the Intergalactic Federation, which is a group of extraterrestrial beings. You can think of it almost like a council. Um, So I have a wide variety of beings, but I'll also say, hey, if there's something higher that wants to come forward, you're invited to do so. So long as you come from a place of love and healing, and this is with guides, I give them permission to step into my physical frame. I'm what's called a semi-conscious trans channel. So as much as it's me, it is also them. So it makes you feel really heavy sometimes. And that's That's why for me, when I read for someone, I don't walk around a lot because I have to keep myself in a certain state to be able to hold that energy, right? Where some other psychics or medias may walk around and do whatever. I don't because I have to stay in this trance place. That was kind of how I did the guide side. And then when I started working with spirit with them, I basically invite them forward. So if, if you're here to connect with the person I'm sitting for, provided you come from a place of love and healing, you are more than welcome to come forward. So if there's something on the other side that maybe they're still a little crotchety, they're still a little cranky and, you know, maybe they, they're not going to be so nice. They're not allowed. I won't allow them to come through Mm -hmm. because when I'm reading for someone, I want it to come from a place of love. I want it to be beneficial. I want it, you know, to be the best that I can. So I ask for permission provided they are coming from a good place. I ask for information of memories, past memories that they can share. So the individual that I'm sitting for can go, oh yeah, well, I remember they used to do that or this. So there's part of your evidential, I guess you can say. Mm -hmm. I give them permission to use my energy to step forward. And I ask them to provide as much details as they can. I ask if they provide a sign to their loved one, if they can give me what that is, as well as if there was something done in memory of them. And as I'm sitting here with you, Kim, actually the guides will give me more information too. The other thing that I ask for is how did you pass? So what was the circumstances that led up to your death? How did you actually die? Was it um, illness? Was it suicide? Was it an accident? Was it murder? 
you know, was it natural causes? I asked for that information as well as who came to greet you, who was there to extend their hand to help you to that other side. Mm, right. So I set the intention when I go into that meditation, these are all the things I'm asking for as I'm making these connections, I'm asking for specific things, but I'm also relinquishing the ego. Let me put myself aside. I give you permission to step in. You know, I don't want to be part of this. Please give me the best information possible, you know, for the client. And then it's trust. Mm-hmm. And that's what all the years of practice with the board and the cards and the other trainings and mentoring that we did helps to establish the trust with what you're working with, because you have to have trust. I agree. It's so interesting that you're talking about the list of questions, like not a list of questions, but you set the intention for what you want. I remember when I first started, I would do spiritual, what we call spiritual teas. And they're like mini readings at the spiritualist church I would go to. And I would literally start off with a list of questions. I'd have it hidden behind the tissue box (laughs) that I would have on my table, but it would give me, because I wasn't so, I want, I know I wanted certain things to be hit on in the reading, but I wanted to make sure that I wouldn't lose training of thought. So I would ask them these, I would ask spirit, these questions to answer, to give all that validation. So it's interesting that I would have that list there when I first started, but you've brought it into your, I don't want to say declaration, but you've, you've said to spirit that this is what you want when you go into your meditation and what you want to bring forward in a reading. I love that. Yeah. It's important. I think it is because intention is everything. It is like, I have the same thing for myself. My process is I journal first because that is how I get my ego out of the way. I get my feelings out of the way. And then I will go into meditation. And I always start with chakra clearing. I love animals, right? (laughs) This is us. Paul and I have animals and it's life. Yeah. So I start with journaling because I feel like I have to get my, my own emotions, my own, I have to kind of center myself. So I kind of have to get out of whatever I'm feeling and get that out. And I, I really go into um, a lot of automatic writing, especially lately where that comes through, where you're connecting with uh, spirit guides and really delivering so much wisdom through that. So once that is done, I'm able to feel clear. I will then go into a meditation where I align my chakras And once my chakras are all aligned, I surround myself in this beautiful, I call it like this shimmering, like shiny uh, protection of white light, again, calling in those highest goods. So literally what I do is once that happens is I call in my guides, my angels, my loved ones, my, you know, I have a guide that I really use for mediumship. She comes forward. Her name's Janet because we've named her. She comes forward. I have my healing guide who hangs out and he's just kind of in the background for when we really need some emotional support. I call in my, my loved ones because let's face it, they like to pop in sometimes during readings. And so if my mom's there, I know she's there and it's just a validation of support and love. I've got my mother-in-law. I've got my brother. I've got, I've got a whole loved ones who show up, but they're there for support. I call in my angels and I always picture them just surrounding me in their angel wings. Like it's just beautiful. It's just, it's just such a, a beautiful imagery. Like I envision it. It's so comforting and it just sets that tone. And then what I do is I envision a circle being formed around me with my clients sitting at the end and I call in their loved ones and, and their guides and whoever needs to come in for them. And we just create this beautiful circle. And then what I do is I close my eyes and I say, I ask, I ask you to come close so I can hear 
you, see you, feel you. Um, I'd like you to come in with validation, personality, and memories that will connect you to my clients. Please deliver the messages for their highest good and in a way that will be best received. And, and then I go into gratitude. Thank you so much for allowing me this opportunity to be able to deliver these loving and healing messages with love and compassion. I am so thankful to be able to connect and do this for my client. And then that is when I know I am ready to work because I am just in that state and spirit is there. And I've got this spiritual team and these loved ones for my client who are coming in. And it's just like, Ooh, just thinking like, even just now I'm like, Ooh, feels so good. <laughs> you know, you bring up a great point about when we set the intention and how you have this beautiful imagery in your, in your head, you can feel that it surrounds yeah. you and encompasses you. And you just step into that feel. I call it bliss a lot of times. It's hard to put a word to it. But the feeling that you get through that process is absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. Something you also mentioned too earlier is that the way you connect with the guides and that's who you were bringing forward. And for me, again, I was taught we don't connect with guides because that guides are not evidential. You can't validate a guide. But what I've learned through this whole journey of connecting with spirit and our whole spiritual team is that when you bring a guide in through a reading, the messages that come through, there is validation that comes through, but there is so much spiritual guidance that they bring and wisdom that for anyone to deny a guide to come through a reading, it just, it shocks me. So the fact that you were able to learn right away to connect with them, I think is amazing. Yeah. And, and you bring up an interesting point where you said your mentor says guides cannot give you information that is evidential. Yes. For me in a session, the guides get right in there and go, Hey, I know this is going on in the situation and how you're mm-hmm. feeling. So to me, that was always proof. Anyway, it wasn't like I always use example. Oh, you're going to go out and find money on the ground. You know, that is not helpful or beneficial. But when the guides say, hey, you got this going on, you got that going on there, you can make a choice. You can stay in it knowing it's going to stay the same, Mm -hmm. or you can make a different choice. It is going to take you in a different direction, but you will be better off at the end of the day. You make your choice. So the guides always have that way of getting to the deeper part. And it's like somebody sitting in front of me going, oh my God, they know how we feel. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's different ways of providing that information. But I know for me, I truly get validation with those messages for my clients. And something else I want to bring up, which I didn't before, and this is going to be our next podcast too, is on the Claire's. For me, when I'm receiving information, I may smell something. I may have that vision in my head, an image, a picture. I may hear. Well, obviously I hear because that's how I get information from my guides. It's not like a big booming voice outside of my head. I hear it internally through my own brain synapses. So I use so many different tools. And Kim, I'm sure you're the same way. I receive information from multiple ways. And I always describe it as it's like having the pieces of a puzzle. And my job is to bring all these pieces together to deliver the message based on the little bits of information that that you're getting. Mm -hmm. I agree. And, And that's, but again, that's the beauty of two with different mediums is that every medium works differently and every medium receives those message differently. We all work differently. I think that to, to kind of sum up this whole conversation that we've been having, I think it really comes down to when you are starting to connect with with spirit, well, again, whether it's your own spirit, the spirit, you know, the spirit in the spirit realm, we're all spirit modalities, your spiritual team, use whatever works for you and claim it. 
own it. This is, this is what I use because knowing that every time you're doing something, you are growing, you are learning, you are building that connection with spirit and it's only getting stronger. You've said it many times, Paula, your connection is like a muscle. And the more you work at it, the more stronger it's going to get and try I know it's hard, but don't compare yourself to other mediums. You know, I love watching other mediums because I can see how they're working and I can be like, oh, I'm going to try that. Or I'm going to ask that question. You know what I mean? So like really dive into it and learn as much as you can. Don't, don't get discouraged. Again, this is a process. It is a muscle. It is such a beautiful journey and it's one that shouldn't be rushed. So really when it comes to your connection with spirit, honor where you are in the moment, trusting that spirit is always working with you, you're going to receive the message the way that is best received by you. Right. A beautiful way of putting it. We are all intuitive. We all have the muscle. We all can develop it. Patience, patience, patience is very much a part of the process. Practice every day whether it's a card, whether it's a board, whether it's automatic writing, whatever the tool is, practice different ways of doing things and then decide which one works the best for you. It's the best, I think, advice that we can give. Don't get me wrong. We're going to give you lots of opportunities to learn about different modalities too. And as Kim said, never gauge yourself against another because everyone has their own ways of working and you don't want to put yourself there because what happens is that takes us into our ego, that takes us into our fear and it closes connections When we go to those places, honor yourself, love yourself, and know that you can do this work. This brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for joining us during our conversation on spirit connections, how we connect with spirit. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of I Am Divine. And as always, thank you for listening. If you enjoy our show, please read our podcast and be sure to come back next week where we are going to have a discussion around what the Claire's are. We're going to talk to you about all those Claire's. So until then, this is Paula and Kim. And don't forget that you are a powerful, I am divine badass. This podcast was created by Paula Hunter and Kim Garden. We welcome you to join our private Facebook group, I Am Divine, to connect with other like-minded individuals and be part of our special events that will only be found in our private community. We would love to hear your feedback on today's podcast and on any other topics that you would like to know more about. For more information about our podcast, information on Kim and Paula, our special events, spiritual coaching, training programs, or even to book a private reading with Kim or Paula, we invite you to visit our website at www.iamdivine.ca.